0: From KPBS and PRX, this is Port of Entry, where we tell cross-border stories that connect us. Soy Alan Lilienthal. Before we begin, I just wanted to let you know that Port of Entry is on Instagram and Facebook, and we'd love it if you could friend and follow us on those platforms if that's your thing. We're at Port of Entry Pod on Instagram, and all you have to do is search for Port of Entry on Facebook, and you should easily be able to find and follow us there. We've also got a group going, and it's specifically for transborder fronterizo, fronteriza people like you. So again, if that's your thing, find and follow our Port of Entry page on Facebook, then send us a message letting us know you'd like to join the group, and we'll send you an invite. Okay, on with the show, which, by the way, does include a few curse words. So first comes love, then comes marriage. You know how this thing goes, right? Then comes the baby in the baby carriage. And if your mom is anything like my mom, those babies, they cannot come soon enough.
1: The pressure was crazy to have kids. Oh my God. To
2: the point where we were getting bugged all the time from the TS and tios and everybody saying, when are you guys gonna have kids, when are you have kids? And just like, I don't know. A common answer would be like, when you have your next one, you know, when you have your next kid, we'll have our first one. You know, it was like, it was to the point where it's like overwhelming. So these are the Devlins. So my name is Mark
0: Devlin.
1: And I'm Grecia Devlin, Mark's better half. <laughs>
0: Mark and Grecia met in Orange County, California about nine years ago. They dated for a few years and eventually got engaged and married. And the baby thing? They had definitely talked about it. They were in, but they both wanted to wait a few years first but I wanted to have a kid by the time I
2: was 30. The reasoning was I would look back and I would say, okay, so if I'm 50, my kid's going to be 20, which means I'll still be able to beat him down the mountain on a snowboard or on a dirt bike or go surf. I was like, I'd still be better than them, right? That was like my mentality. But then three years into the
0: marriage, a surprise.
1: I realized that I was like late and I was like, oh shoot, that's not normal. And so I took a test, found out it was positive, And then we were kind of happy about it.
0: They were pregnant, a bit ahead of schedule, but they were okay with that.
1: And then four days later, I started getting like really bad cramps, really, really uncomfortable, like worse than menstrual cramps. And so I was at work and I just had to leave. Like I dropped everything and left. And I remember calling Mark from my cell phone and crying and i was like there's something wrong with me i think i need to go to the er like it's super painful but instead of going to the er i drove home and i just like ran a bath and you know just cried my eyes out the whole time and i remember like screaming to mark and then we realized that our pregnancy had passed and you know it was a failure and it was pretty sad it was a tough day very painful oh yeah it was super tough You know, when you go through a miscarriage as a woman, like, you obviously see that as a big failure. I failed, like, my body failed. I could not, you know, grow this child inside of me. And so I immediately was like, you know, there's something wrong with me.
0: Nothing was actually wrong with Grecia, but something was off. We had no idea how lucky that
2: that one pregnancy actually was. Well, not only that, but to find out, you know, quickly after that, that we were going to have complications, like to have an actual normal conception to quickly find out that that is incredibly rare with our situation. You know, we we had no idea how lucky we were for that pregnancy. To, and then, you know, of course, it ending in failure was just, it was tough for sure.
0: Today in Port of Entry, we're continuing our series on medical tourism at the border with a story about Mark and Grecia, who ended up wanting to have a baby so badly they were willing to cross the U.S.-Mexico border for infertility treatments, just for the chance to become parents. For me, it was like the light bulb ding. I was like,
2: well, TJ is right here and we love Mexico. I was like, why don't we just think about
0: Mexico? It's a story about what happens when the future you envisioned is suddenly out of reach and you're willing to do almost anything to try to get that future back.
2: You know, if, if, if it came down to it and you had to pay 25 grand to have, you know, your, your child born, like you're going to do it, you know. But if you know you know how to use the Internet, then you know how to find other options. And that's exactly what we did.
0: No te vayas. Volveremos en unos segundos.
3: Hi, I'm Beth Accomando, KPBS arts reporter and host of the Cinema Junkie podcast. I'm also a geeky gourmet who likes to bake food themed to the movies I watch, like chocolate blood to savor with Dracula or an extra chewy wookie cookie to enjoy with Star Wars. I'm geeky about the things I love and that makes me a public radio geek as well. I love being able to connect with audiences just like you through TV, radio, the web and podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. So are you a KPBS geek? If so, Then I'm asking you to get in touch with your inner nerd and become a member of KPBS today. Just go to KPBS.org and click the blue "Give Now" button and make a donation. That's right. Let's geek out together about the things we love.
0: Ya estamos de regreso.
4: It's a great pleasure for me to present to you Mark and Gracia. Yes, husband and wife. Un aplauso, beso.
0: Beso, beso. On a rainy day in April 2014, Grecia and Mark tied the knot. Mark, by the way, is one of those guys who takes his GoPro camera everywhere. And for their big day, he actually convinced the priest to wear the camera during the ceremony. The wedding was in Valle de Guadalupe, the famous wine region of Baja, just a few hours south of the San Diego-Tijuana border. Both Mark and Grecia feel really connected to Mexico, so there was never any question of where the ceremony would be held. I've always
2: said that Mexico is kind of like the last frontier. Mexico is just an amazing place to be, and you can really do whatever you want, and the cost savings involved. There was just so many different things that led up to us being like, nah, it's gotta be in Mexico.
1: I would call it my second home. And then a big factor for me was choosing a place where my family in Mexico that wasn't able to cross the border because they don't have visas or passports, I had a lot of aunts and cousins who lived down there that are very special to me, and I wanted them to be part of my big day.
0: The wedding was a beautiful, traditional Catholic one. And the reception was a huge party that ended up lasting until sunrise the next day. I remember
2: uh, Gressy's dad came over and brought like a bunch of, you know, really nice tequila and really nice whiskey for the room and everybody just had a really great time. But uh, the party was just an absolute blast and there was just so much fun to be had.
1: There was a lot of dancing and we decided to get married in April so that the viñedos, the grapes, were like really green because it was a really pretty time in the valle. I tell Mark all the time, I'm like, we should get married again. I want to have another wedding. (laughs)
0: Three years later came that surprise pregnancy, and then the miscarriage.
1: And I think that kind of like made us realize like, wow, like we sort of got happy when we knew we were gonna have a baby. And now that we don't, we're kind of sad and made it made us want it even more. So then we decided that it was a time to start trying, you know, like we were ready to take the next step and try to have a baby.
0: So yeah, after the miscarriage, Mark and Grecia officially started trying for real this time.
1: To the point where like you start monitoring your cycles, you know, like, oh, you read on like how to conceive a child, you know, we tried for a whole year to March, 2018. And that's when I was like, you know, maybe there's something wrong. Cause you know, we've specifically like tried to have kids exactly for a year.
0: So Mark and Grecia did what lots of couples in this situation do. They went to see a fertility doctor in Dana Point where they live. California, by the way, has become a top destination for fertility treatments. Clients are coming in from China and all over the world to get top-notch fertility treatment here. The state is home to some of the country's most innovative biotech labs, surrogacy brokers, and egg donation agencies. And California's good weather and beaches even play a role because if you have to get reproduction assistance, you may as well do it somewhere nice. In any case, when Mark and Grecia's tests from their visit at a fertility clinic came back, the results were not at all what they expected.
1: It was very shocking because we did not suspect Mark at all. I don't know why, but we just didn't. And so when we got it, it was very like, oh, like, whoa, that's not what we wanted to know. We went on a walk one day and Mark was like, you know, like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to provide for you in the sense. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to give you children. So if that's something that you really want, maybe we need to talk about, like, if we're gonna work out together as a couple, if we can't have kids, like, is this what we want together? And if not, like, should we go our separate way so that you can find children with someone that you can, or, and I was like, what, are you crazy?
0: So, there's all kinds of sciency terms for what was going on with Mark. But basically, he's got plenty of sperm, but they move slow and just aren't that interested in their job, which is swimming quickly toward an egg. The news was a total gut punch for Mark. Definitely felt
2: some pain and some fear and some embarrassment, and just the, f- the overall sense of not feeling like the same man I was before I knew that information. Like the whole feeling of being like lesser of a man, like why can't I give her an easy pregnancy, you know? Why? And I don't know, like I'm, I'm not a Mexican machismo, but I definitely uh, echo with that sentiment of, you know, the man being the, the head of the household and you know, what it, what it means to be a man and all that stuff. And I instantly was like, I'm half the man I, I was before I knew about this. And that was the most emotional thing for me, which is just, first of all, like, are we ever going to have children now? Is it even possible? At the very beginning, I was deflated and took it as the end.
0: But it wasn't the end. Actually, it was just the beginning. Immediately after talking them through the test results, the fertility doctor presented Mark and Grecia with a menu of options.
1: They read you like the cost of things, you know, like, you know, this is what you have to do. If you want to conceive a child, that's going to cost this much for medication, this much for surgery, this much, and so after they read you their options, then you choose if you want to proceed with that doctor or like, how far do you want to go through this process of, you know, having a child. And then you start researching a bunch of stuff. Like I remember just like clicking up articles and articles and articles about all this, information and learning, like, oh, this person tried this. And this doctor says, you know, you should do this first. So uh, it's just a very overwhelming time. I remember it was very overwhelming.
0: All the research Mark and Grecia did after that appointment ended up pointing in one direction, in vitro fertilization, or IVF. It's hands down the most effective fertility treatment. At first, Mark and Grecia were just shopping around, meeting doctors who all had something different to say about their chances of IVF success. So
1: all this is like a big process. And like, as you're going through, like you're just swiping the credit card, right? Like every consultation is like not covered by insurance. So it's like, you know, that's how you start IVF.
0: But each consultation left Mark with a bad taste in his mouth. It just all felt way too transactional.
2: I felt like they were taking advantage of us, you know, like like you're telling us it's not likely gonna work, but you're also saying it maybe, you know, you give it a chance, you know. So like are you really here to help us or are you here just to make some money off of us?
0: And and that's when I was just like, you know what, screw these people, the prices they were being quoted were about twenty five thousand dollars for the cost of the procedure plus all the medications and follow ups. And their insurance was gonna cover exactly none of it. Every state is different, but in California, insurance companies are required to cover some infertility treatments. But IVF is not one of them. And you're just like, wait, what? <laughs>
2: that, that's when you start like questioning you know, the U.S. Like, healthcare system. You're like, wait a sec. So if humans are kind of required in our society to continue our society. Like, why isn't something like infertility covered by your health insurance? You know, like that seems like one of the most important things to have covered, in my opinion. If I want to continue my bloodline, I want to make sure that I could do so, but I guess I can't, and now I got to do it all out of pocket. And seeing that price tag on it, I was just like, wait, 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 this is going to be $25,000? And
0: that's when we started looking at other options. So Mark is a techie guy who works in the software industry, and he was just totally convinced there had to be a better option out there, an option he could find if he just searched the internet long and hard enough. I was on Reddit, looking around on Reddit,
2: but also, you know, looking into other avenues and people would do these things where they do like pregnancy vacations, where they would go to... Uh, Puerto Rico or the Dominican Republic into all these other areas where, you know, if I'm going to spend $25,000 anyway, why do it in my backyard while I'm staying at home? Why not go spend a month in Puerto Rico or spend a month in wherever in order to enjoy the scenery? Because you're going to have to be doing constant weekly meetings and ultrasounds anyway, right? So IVF or or pregnant fertility tourism is a real thing that people do.
0: That's when that light bulb went off. And Mark thought, what about
2: Tijuana? I've never done any medical tourism in TJ because for everything in my life, insurance is covered in the United States. Why would I go south of the border? But I have had friends experience, you know, dental work in TJ and stuff with great success. So, you know, it's like, hey, let's, let's do a consultation down there before we make any decisions. And that's when TJ got into the mix.
0: Grecia, though, was not down. Her family is from Mexico and she spends so much time there, she considers it her second home but she's still had some preconceived notions, especially when it came to Tijuana, a city cursed with a bad rep, but also about the quality of medical care in Mexico. And she's not totally off base. Really terrible things have happened when it comes to IVF, and not just in Mexico. They happen on this side of the border too
4: the business of reproductive medicine is not subject to proper oversight. That's one of the conclusions drawn from an in-depth reveal study from the Center for Investigative Reporting.
0: Focuses- There's even an entire season of a public media podcast called Sick that's focused on an IVF doctor who used his own sperm to impregnate his unsuspecting clients. He's fathered at least 70 children. Here's one of them talking to the podcast hosts.
3: You never really had any interest in knowing who your biological father was. Yeah. You obviously know now. Yeah. Does that, like, sort of mess with you a little bit?
0: Yeah, for the sheer fact that a part of me is is from an individual who took advantage of women. He was playing God. You know, he's... You know, you kind of think, did he get into this profession to basically violate women and get
3: off on it? So that 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 messes with you. You know, am I who I am sometimes um, because of
0: him? There have also been stories about doctors implanting the wrong eggs into women and other IVF nightmares. And then there are lots of stories about botched plastic surgeries and weight loss procedures that U.S. citizens get in Tijuana to save money. Some of those people have died or ended up in emergency rooms back on this side of the border.
1: When Mark brought up Tijuana, I was like, heck no. Because I had heard horror stories of people going down to Mexico like to get, you know, I don't know, ladies going to get their boob job or like getting their lipo or like work done on their face. And like, oh, they stole someone's kidney while they were under anesthesia or, you know, like this lady started hemorrhaging and they had drive her across the border to get medical help. So I was just like, oh, my gosh, no, like I don't want to do that down there. And I was like, oh, they're probably going to steal my babies or, you know, like stuff like that. Yeah, I was just hesitant about it.
0: Mark, though, kept bringing up the Tijuana option. And Grecia kept hesitating. But Mark was persistent enough that Grecia eventually was willing to at least check it out.
1: And then we finally went down there and we get there and this clinic is like super nice. It was clean. The people were very friendly and like, you know, we're sitting in the lobby and I was like, Oh, wow, this is like legit. I was very surprised of how the place was. Like, I did not expect that whatsoever.
2: It was such, like, a different experience.
1: Yeah, after the first time, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, we'll do it. You know, it wasn't scary at all.
2: I don't feel like I'm being hackled here. I don't feel like I'm being stiffed by anybody because it was expected that I was going to be paying for a service. I think they quoted right out the gate like something like 6,500 bucks. For the egg extraction, well, first of all, for the medications, right? And the medications have their own influence on the process. Medications, which are a huge cost in the United States for this procedure. The egg extraction, the conception, the implantation, I think all of that was quoted at like $6,500. bucks. we are like,
0: sold, you're a guy, you know? From there, Mark and Grecia had appointments nearly every Wednesday for several weeks. they drive to Tijuana in the morning, about an hour and a half or two hours drive depending on traffic, go to the appointment, then get in the sentry lane and cross right back to the U.S. Mark's role was simple. My, my job was to ejaculate into a cup. But Grecia had to do all kinds of really difficult things.
1: I definitely think like the process we went to, like it takes the fun out of everything. Like it takes the fun out of like having, getting pregnant, you know, it's not a fun process. It was like work, you know, tough work, emotional and like physical work for me. Like I was literally sacrificing my body.
0: First, Grecia had to sort of act like she was pregnant already. No drinking, no strenuous exercise. She had to make some lifestyle changes to make herself the perfect vessel for carrying a baby. Then she had to take medications to control her cycle. Next, she had to start growing her eggs, which involved injecting herself in the stomach.
1: And like they give you like a box of needles and like syringes. And that was crazy because then you're like, oh, shoot, like, I have to drive like a box of syringes and needles across the border to inject myself. But it was scary. Yeah, I do feel I did feel like a drug dealer. I was like, oh, no.
0: (laughs) And then about three months later, it was egg retrieval day, a process that required Grecia to go under anesthesia so the doctors could carefully extract the eggs she'd worked so hard to grow. This was actually the most intense, scariest part of the whole process for Grecia.
1: And I remember like sitting like in the in the patient room before they took me back to the operating room. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like what am I doing? Like I was very uncomfortable because at that point like my stomach had gotten really swollen because I had like 20 eggs inside me. And so I, I wanted them out, so it was painful. and. I was just tired and scared to be in a like, different place by ourselves. Who was I going to call? We're like in Tijuana and nobody knows we're here and, you know, worst case scenario.
2: I remember like being like, fuck, are you going to really do this? Like, you know, I, I definitely had some concerns per se.
0: Those concerns, though, were put to rest a few hours later. Grecia was fine, but she was pretty uncomfortable.
1: I remember like puking on my way home. It was gnarly, but yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you just had surgery. They put you under anesthesia, you know, like. Like if you had your appendix out or something like that, you know, you're all drugged. So I remember, like, I vomited on a drive back and it was very painful.
0: In the car crossing back from Tijuana to San Diego, Mark remembers feeling a huge amount of guilt. All those injections, all the meds, all the checkups and poking and prodding. Everything Grecia was going through was because of him. And he'd added to the stress by making her go through it all while outside her comfort zone in Tijuana. Why
2: does she have to go through this in a different country? You know, Maybe not so much guilt from the fact that we had to go through IVF in the first place, but guilt that maybe I dragged her down into Mexico to do it. She went through the brunt of it all. I I had it fairly easy, you know. I, I was essentially just the bank, and she was the, the one that had to take the pain and she really was the one that sacrificed everything because of my biological failures.
0: Grecia's extracted eggs were mixed with Mark's sperm. Then it was back down to Tijuana so the doctor could put two of the fertilized eggs back into Grecia's uterus. It's another part of the process that Mark couldn't resist capturing on his GoPro. in
2: Mexico. What's last time?
1: Where we going, babe? Not oh, one last time. Where we going? To Mexico. What for.
2: I don't, what I don't want to. want to record this. This is awkward. Taking up our babies, <laughs>
4: Mexico.
0: I wish you could see the video of this moment because the look Grecia gives Mark is so classic. She's just completely annoyed by Mark, and she clearly just was not in the mood for a GoPro cameo. For Grecia, this was a really big moment.
1: We woke up really early to get down to Mexico. I think it was like 5.30 a.m. So I was very tired. And the night before, I couldn't really sleep because I just like, it was like, you know, you're like, oh, shoot, tomorrow's a really big day. You know, like I'm going to get an egg implanted into my stomach, and that's technically a baby because it's fertilized.
0: Concebo. Mark again with his GoPro out while they were waiting for Grecia to be taken back to the operating room.
2: Down here in TJ, Grecia's about to get two embryos implanted into her. She's very nervous. I'm not.
1: And, uh, yeah, they just Lay you down the table, and and goes the embryo, and you lay there for like twenty minutes, and then you're all good to go, and then we just get in the car, and drive back home. After I had the procedure, I was very excited and very cautious because I didn't want to do something bad that would jeopardize my pregnancy or my my procedure. Like we just spent all this money, and it's like oh my god, like I need to walk on eggshells, so. It was very stressful for me. I felt like I had a lot of weight on my shoulders to carry.
0: Grecia and Mark allowed themselves to feel a little excited. But mostly, they felt really nervous. One or both eggs the doctor had injected into Grecia could take and start growing into babies. So they could be having twins. Or neither egg could take, and they'd be back to square one. We'll find out the results after a quick break. No token ese dial digital.
4: Long ago, when the public square was the only place to share news events and happenings, people were drawn to it. Living in community with others was the route to understanding each other and the world around us. The public square has changed dramatically but our need to learn and understand one another has it.
0: This is Port of Entry.
3: The Parker Edison Project.
4: Listener supported KPBS Cinema Junkie. Thank you for listening to KPBS Podcast and for being part of our region's virtual public square, where you learn not only about the headlines of the day, but about culture, music, and the issues that are important to all of us. Help keep the virtual square alive and well Support podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. Just go to kpbs.org, click the Blue Give Now button, and make a donation. And thanks again.
0: Bienvenidos de nuevo. So Mark and Grecia waited two very nerve-wracking weeks. Then Grecia took a pregnancy test, and they were crushed. It was negative.
1: I was angry a lot. That was really hard. I remember, like, after our first implantation, like, it was unsuccessful. That was, like, I was very pissed. I was like, what did I do to deserve this? Like, why did I have to be the one person that has infertility? So it was very, like, another blow to the heart. You know, like, oh, this isn't going to work either. What am I going to have to do?
0: For the first time, Grecia remembers feeling a little anger toward Mark.
1: There was definitely, like, a lot of hostility is a very tough word, but, like, I was very, this isn't fair, because I have to stop from doing a lot of fun things for us to have this child. So it's just, like, a very mind-taxing, like, emotional thing for me, and I was very kind of angry that Mark wasn't feeling it physically the same way I was.
0: At this point, Grecia and Mark were down, but not out. Not yet, anyway. They had to wait for Grecia's cycle, but the next time she was ready— they went right back down to Tijuana to try again. They had more fertilized eggs waiting in the lab in Tijuana and they weren't ready to give up just yet. Again, the doctor implanted two eggs to increase the chances of success. How do you feel, babe?
1: Normal, I don't feel anything different.
0: You don't feel anything different? No, I just feel
1: like I have a pee like a month.
0: Another GoPro moment outside the clinic in Tijuana after the second implantation. Anyway, this time around, they wanted to let themselves feel hopeful, but not too hopeful. It was a tricky emotional space to navigate. I didn't want to get my hopes too up because
2: if it failed, then it would just be another set of disappointment, another period of failure for us where it's something that's so emotional that it's almost like you're so drained at that point. It's like, it can continue to fail and you can almost be indifferent again because it's like, well, what is, what is worse than what we're already in from the sense of trying to have a child and you can't hit it, so.
0: Then came the waiting game again. They had to wait about 10 days until they could take another pregnancy test.
1: Uh, I had like a mental breakdown because. I hadn't felt a thing, you know, I felt completely normal. I felt like I hadn't gone through anything. Nothing in my body felt different. I didn't notice anything, you know, off or anything different from the first time that failed. So I remember like breaking down in the kitchen one day, like crying and I told Mark like, it didn't work. I know it didn't work because I feel the same way I felt the first time when it failed. Two days after that, I just saw the blue, decided that I should take a pregnancy test like a few days before I had to, before the deadline. And it turned out to be positive and I remember like I was like oh shit like it actually worked like wow and it was just like it was it's like a very happy feeling but then you're also very guarded because I already had gone through a miscarriage like a few years before and the first cycle had failed so I was like keeping my guard up for failure because we had been through a lot at that point I knew that I had to be guarded and be happy, but only to a certain degree because I didn't want to, like, break my heart.
0: Finally, Mark and Grecia were pregnant. But like Grecia said, they felt like they could allow themselves to be happy, but not too happy. At least not yet, just in case something went wrong. Every pregnancy, whether IVF or not, is typically kept quiet until the woman reaches the second trimester and the chances for a miscarriage drop dramatically. But as the weeks went on and on, they slowly and very cautiously allowed themselves to relax.
1: We started getting like really happy because we're like, oh my God, like it's actually growing and it's growing really good and it looks really healthy. And I remember it was the week of Christmas, Christmas Eve, and um on Christmas Eve night was the first day I got nauseous and that was like I felt the worst I've ever felt in my life because it's the terrible feeling and you can't smell anything because like you just want to vomit but then like I was like the most happiest I've ever been because I'm like oh my god it actually worked that was when it like all started becoming like a big reality to me and I think at that point I started losing a lot of my fear for my pregnancy, you know, like I was more like welcoming it and like I was actually letting myself start getting happy.
0: Eventually, Grecia and Mark did feel confident enough to share their big news with the world. Mark made a video, of course, and it's a little cheesy but also very charming.
2: So, you're all probably wondering what the purpose of this video is. Well, the biggest adventure is yet
3: to come. Yes, it's a girl.
0: Okay. Then late one night, Grecia went into labor. And at about 4.50 a.m. the next day, August 24th,
2: 2019, It's a baby, yes, yeah, yeah, not your it? imagination.
1: <laughs> oh oh, hello, Mom and Dad. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> those
0: eyes opening. Grecia and Mark finally met their baby girl. We don't do
1: very surreal moment like when they pulled my baby out you just like stare at it and you're like oh my gosh like it's alive and it's here and it's moving and you're just like you're very happy and like so much in love I felt so tired and so overwhelmed but then like I just wanted to like hug my baby you know it's like just give her to me like I don't you just find like the strength out and over, and you just like get the power to do this you know because you're so much in love and all of my hard work all of this like journey I had gone through IVF and then my pregnancy and then finally I had seen like the fruit of my labor here breathing and crying at me (laughs) so I don't know it's just a very happy experience
2: I remember just you know the crowning process being like this is by far the most intense visual thing I've ever seen but to also see you know the top of her head that was already her head being the baby's head which was already kind of full of hair coming out and and seeing her face for the first time the whole emotions of that and and seeing you know Grecia finally feeling a sense of relief you know emotionally and physically and I don't know it was just more than overwhelming it was sensory overload by by all means you know it was the most intense thing I've ever gone through and I've gone through absolutely wild shit in my life but that was just like next level
0: So yeah, Mark and Grecia are the proud parents of a healthy little bilingual girl.
1: Hi everybody! Mi nombre es Grecia. Mami. ¿Cómo te llamas? A nanny. ¿Cuántos años tienes? No. ¿Y qué estás viendo en la tele?
4: Uh, uh, coco. Coco?
0: But at first, Grecia and Mark didn't tell many people what they went through to have her. They were a little embarrassed, ashamed even. Most people probably still don't even know that,
2: you know, technically our daughter was conceived in Mexico. It's like, I don't, first of all, I don't, you know, is pregnant. Okay, well, that's great. You know, you're pregnant. Fantastic. When did you guys start trying? You know, meanwhile, they don't know that we, for the last two years, we've been going through hell to even get to this point, you know? So it was just like, there's just, I don't know, it just wasn't something that we were openly eager to talk about at the time.
0: But over time, their feelings changed. And both Grecia and Mark found themselves wanting to share their story. So people stuck in their situation could learn about other options in Tijuana. There was a shift of embarrassment to pride that happened
2: embarrassment that you had to even do that in the first place, too prideful that you were successful in it and that you were able to go through all of that and accomplish the goal that you set out to do. Maybe it was the pride in Grecia, maybe it was the pride in the process, and both of us made me want to talk about it.
1: But I think the shift for me was it's it's nice. Well, not nice, but like how Mark said, it's something like I'm proud of that I went through, like something that made me a stronger person. And now I feel like I want to share it and share my experience. And I just don't want people to feel alone. And, and the more I'm sharing with friends and people that I'm meeting, like the more I'm learning and finding out that a lot of people struggle to get pregnant. I feel like it's something that we need to normalize more because people only speak of the happy experiences and like the oops babies. But no one really likes to share about the hard struggles and bad sides of pregnancy. You know what I mean?
0: Mark actually went on Reddit, where he wrote these very intimate posts sharing all the details of their international IVF story.
2: The story is worth telling, and it's something that I'm prideful about now, you know, and it's, you know, it, it is abnormal to seek this out of a different country and, and do that, but I wanted to just tell that experience.
0: Mark and Grecia's daughter will be two in
2: August. And she uh, probably needs a sibling now, so we've started the process of just understanding, well, you know, how many embryos do we have down in Mexico still, you know? And is this the time in our family planning that we should probably start thinking about revisiting uh, concebo and TJ and understanding what it's gonna take to get some of those other things implanted, you know? Do we need to start buying some meds again?
1: I definitely wanna have another baby. And um, luckily, we still have some embryos left. Just the whole nervous, anxious part is gonna start all over again. (laughs) But yeah, very exciting.
0: While we were finishing up this episode, Mark and Grecia did end up crossing the border again. And of course, Mark took his GoPro and recorded the appointment with their doctor in Tijuana. He's a funny guy who really wants Mark and Grecia to have two babies instead of just one this time. I hope
2: so, twins. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's what you said last time. You know, last <laughs> so, time, some twins, not some twins. Some <laughs> okay. <are> like, no. <laughs> Do you
4: have a question mark? Um, Do you want twins? Boy, Ball?
1: what? No. La- the answer is no. Last
2: time we <laughs> we might even pay that extra money to find out of the embryos we have left which ones are males, so that I can finally you know get my son, who is just chilling down in Mexico right now.
0: Next time on Port of Entry.
4: Good morning. It is 7.39. I have my appointment today at Obesity Not For Me in Mexico, in Tijuana to be specific.
0: A serious health problem causes a plus-size model to cross the border for weight loss surgery.
3: I miss tacos so much, but I'm being strong.
0: How she's handling the life change privately and publicly.
4: I honestly feel like if the body-positive community, you know, has an issue with that, are they really body-positive?
0: Port of Entry is written and produced by Kinsey Moreland. Emily Jankowski is the co-producer and director of sound design. Alisa Barba is our editor. Lisa Morissette is operations manager, and John Decker is the interim associate general manager of content. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. I'm Alan Lilienthal. Gracias por su atención.